Welcome to Rich in Relationship. And today we're going to talk about what might seem like kind of a mundane topic, but it's actually a huge relationship stress reliever. It's called planning. Planning. I like planning sounds so yawn, but it's vital. It is vital because in every relationship, there is one person who stresses the big picture. Um, are things gonna go where I want them to go? Are we gonna do with our money what we need to do with our money? Are we gonna have the things that we're dreaming of together? And there's one person who stresses details. And honestly, the detail person tends to be more about making sure that people eat, making sure that the dogs go out, making sure that the house is secure. The detail person is making sure that all the little things get taken care of. <clears throat> so planning, obviously, is going to help that big picture person a lot, but it also is going to enhance communication between that person and the detail person. So the detail person is, in, in, is off doing all those things that getting kids to school, making sure that they have the books that they need, like all those details, make sure their clothes are clean, all those details, <clears throat> that make life smoother. But if the detail person is out of sync with the big picture, then sometimes they're taking actions that are actually stressful to their partner. And if the big picture person is out of sync with the detail person, then there's gonna be fighting. There's gonna be fighting about, let's say one person's going on a trip. Uh, they work, I have a couple actually this week that. Were, they were about to have a fight in front of me about going, uh, one, one member of the couple is a salesperson and goes on trips a couple of times a month. And the big picture person misses that, this, the, the, misses him, to him and her, obviously. <clears throat> and they were getting ready to have this fight about it. But when the detail person understood, first of all, what was going on when he traveled. And second of all, what actions he could take to make it better while he was away. He stopped feeling, at first he felt very defensive. He stopped feeling defensive. And he realized that with a plan, then there are actions he can take to meet his partner's needs. And there was like this huge sense of relief. Now, this has application to every area of your life. And we're gonna to talk today about how to plan. So the solution for this couple was once a month, they sit down and they plan out the general activities for the month. And every week they tweak them because you know life happens and things change. So by doing this, what they've done is they've agreed that on a regular time, uh, for them it's the weekend, on a regular time of the weekend, they're gonna have communication about the future, the immediate future and the long-term future. And they're going to calendar. Now, there was some discussion about calendaring. And calendaring, why is calendaring important? Calendaring is important because it gives you a place where you can both record what's going to happen. And there are a lot of ways to do this. So let's talk first about big picture planning and what that looks like. And let's talk about prioritization of planning, because that's also huge. 
you know, in the pandemic, what couples and I discovered together was that the first thing that they had to be planned always was individual self-care. So before you go into a couples planning meeting, it's really important that as individuals, we sit down and map out regular sleep patterns. When are we going to get up? When are we going to go to bed? Because our metabolism really likes regularity. It does not like it when we get up at 10 one morning and 6 a.m. another morning. It likes it when we get up at 6 and get up at 6 and get up at 6 and get up at 6. And there might be one day a week when you sleep until 7.30 or 8 uh, because you like to sleep in once a week. But overall, uh, even that's going to disturb your metabolism a little bit. But overall, if you're six days a week on the same sleeping schedule and make sure that you're getting six to eight hours, then you're going to be, your sleep schedule is going to be pretty well. And you want to calendar that. I mean, you want to make sure that you don't start, that you're going to start your work day, start your self-care from the time you get up. And then clearly the things that we need for self-care are healthy food, regular exercise, um, spiritual practices. By spiritual practices, I mean mindfulness, meditation, and prayer. Now, these are mindfulness, meditation, and prayer help reduce our tendency to react. It reduces our ability to be triggered. Um, studies show that when we have these practices in our life, the part of our brain that's always looking for danger gets smaller. And the part of our brain that is rational and thinking gets bigger. So we're less reactive when we have these practices in our life. If you read, you want to have regular time for reading. Um, if you're creative, you want to have, and guess what? Everyone's creative. You want to have regular time for creation. So as an individual, you want to clock in. When are you going to exercise? When are you going to eat? When are you going to sleep? Uh, when are you going to meditate and pray or have practice mindfulness or yoga or creativity or whatever rings your bell in that area? When are you going to do these things? That's like the, and those need to be boulders in your calendar. So a boulder is something that is really hard to move, right? So when you put boulders in your calendar, there are things you're, you're just not going to move. Now, once you have your basic self-care in, you and your partner, then you can sit down and work on, let's work on some more boulders first. Big picture, right? What is, what is the relationship need for its well-being? Start with the relationship because the order, the sequence of care is self, partnership, family, and work. We tend to schedule work first, kids second, and self last and throw our partnership out the window. But in this planning process, we're gonna schedule for ourselves and our time with our partner. And why? Because when we're in sync with our partner, we can tag team the rest of those things. Everything else, there's synergy. When two people work together, there's a synergy that happens that's greater than one person working on their own. Now, you might even wanna work together on your self-care. I have another client who is right now going through a diet and exercise regimen with his partner. And it's really bringing them closer together. They're, eat, you know, they're eating the, the same, they're on the same diet, they're losing weight together, they're exercising together, and they're building each other's resolve and they're building this habit together. It's really super cool. So you, you could theoretically plan your self-care with your partner, but self-care has to be number one. All right, number two, partner. So partner, you could be planning your self-care with your partner, but what are some other things you need with your partner? Well. Obviously, you need planning time. So the first thing you're going to put in there as a boulder is when are you going to plan together? 
The second thing, uh, and that's going to be a once a week experience and once a month you're going to go, uh, what's going to happen in the coming month. And I would recommend even having like a, an annual plan. So maybe once a year, you're going to sit down and you're just going to calendar in a special time together that once a season, you're going to spend a weekend together that once uh, on Wednesday nights, you're going to have date night or Thursday nights or whatever, or maybe you're going to have breakfast on certain days, but calendar that stuff in together, lock it down. Uh, maybe you're going to think about in that one year review, all right, the house is going to need some painting. When are we going to have it painted? Oh, the kids, maybe we should send them to summer camp this year. Maybe we should send them away or maybe we should send them to day camp or whatever. That is going to be your, your blocking out the year. That's going to be your planning for everything. You're going to, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to block in your work stuff. If, but as a couple, you're going to block in everything that's relevant to your family, to your care of your family, to your household, uh, vacation time, time together, all of that goes in. And I would suggest doing that in January because January is kind of dead time for a lot of people. It's right after the holidays. And usually in January, that's when we're making our New Year's resolutions and all that other stuff. It's a great time to do that annual plan. Then the second tier of planning is quarterly planning. So once a quarter, you want to tweak your annual plan. You know, just like once every week, you're going to tweak your monthly plan. Uh, every season, you're going to tweak that annual plan. Now, remember, in that annual plan, you were laying down boulders, so you're not going to move them very far. But stuff happens. Sometimes you got to move a boulder a long way. Sometimes you got to eliminate a boulder. If there's a death in the family or if uh, you sell your house uh, unexpectedly, you suddenly you get the job of your dreams that came out of left field and you all decide to move from Seattle to Chicago, you know, just making stuff up here, then obviously some boulders are gonna change there. So quarterly, you're gonna review that annual plan. And once a month, you're gonna see how you're doing with those quarterly pieces. And once a week, you're gonna see how you're doing with those annual pieces. So that's kind of the structure. The structure is annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly. And in that annual, big picture for the family, in that quarterly, maybe you're tweaking your child's plan because a lot of times schools don't release their schedule for the year until July. Uh, so maybe in a quarterly, you're gonna adult your, uh, adult, adjust your plans for your children so that they fit and work. And, you know, of course, the problem with that annual plan is when you have children and you get the school schedule, that's when you plan in your family trips. So you may, you may not be able to rock solid schedule your family trips in the January meeting. Uh, you may be able to just pencil them in for when you know holidays tend to fall. Like we all know there's a winter break for schools no matter what. We don't know the exact beginning, the exact end, but we have a pretty good idea. We all know that there's some kind of spring break in schools. We never know exactly when it is, but we have a pretty good idea if we look at history. And then when you get the school calendar, you might solidify that. And remember that those school calendars all tend to come out at the same time. So if you're booking a vacation, you better be booking it really fast because everyone is scrabbling and competing for those locations for a ski vacation or a beach vacation or whatever. And you're gonna get the best 
values if you plan in advance mostly, especially right now, uh, while we're still declining from the pandemic, airline prices are not where they could be. Okay, so that's you as an individual, you as a couple, you as a family, and then of course there's work. And work should always be wrapped around family, partnership, and individual needs. We tend to wrap everything else around work. If you're in a job where they're not allowing you to wrap your family, uh, your work around your family needs, something's really wrong with that work situation. We work to support our families. We work to have some, presumably you want, you have a job where you feel fulfilled at work. So we work for personal fulfillment also. If you're not experiencing personal fulfillment, then maybe it's time to start looking for a new job. Work though is here to serve us. And when work serves us, we serve it 110%. That's the kind of relationship that we wanna have with work. All right, so you're doing all this planning together and reviewing and what does this mean for the detail person so what it means for the detail person the detail person has the ability to, to bang out the details in a way that the big picture person maybe does not it means that in your annual planning the detail person is going to be expressing their wants and needs in your quarterly planning well the detail person is going to act on in your annual planning on securing any tickets or reservations that need to be secured as far in advance as possible to make sure that that stuff is available on lockdown, yes? But what that means is in your quarterly planning that the things that you're not able to lock down, uh, the things that maybe the school schedule determined, that's when the detail person is really gonna kick in and do their job. The detail person is going to determine when, or, when is food shopping gonna happen? Um, if you're really planning in advance and you've got the refrigerator and freezer capacity, you can be doing a big shop at a big box, uh, at Costco or Sam's Club or something like that. And you can cover the bulk of your food for the month at much lower expenses. You can be picking up seltzers, liquors, uh, dry goods like pasta and rice, et cetera, et cetera. You can be picking up meats that will be frozen. You can, the only thing that you really can't shop out for a month is vegetables and fruits. And so you're gonna plan in that you're gonna supplement your big shop with little local shops for fresh vegetables and fresh fruits and things like that. That detail person now has a blueprint for when they're gonna eat, what days they're gonna eat, who's gonna be there, uh, who's gonna be away, et cetera, et cetera. And they can now drive greater value out of their shopping dollar. Where else does that apply? That's also going to apply to school lunches for kids. That's going to apply to clothing shopping. The detail person can start calendaring in clothing shopping. And let's not forget cleaning out. Uh, what, what something I, we just moved recently and what we discovered is what everyone discovers when they move is you open the box after you paid the movers to move stuff and you're like, oh my God, why did I keep this? And so, you know, the great thing about moving is it forces you to really look at what you have and evaluate whether you really need it. And so you wanna plan in a spring cleaning and maybe a fall cleaning where you're gonna go through your storage room 
And maybe once a year, you're gonna go through your storage room and get rid of the things that you just never touch. Uh, the, the, and maybe once a season, you're gonna go through your clothes and plan that in going through your clothes and getting rid of the things that are ripped and torn, that are irreparable, getting rid of the things that don't fit because you lost weight, or maybe you put on weight, um, getting rid of the things that are no longer, you feel are no longer fashionable. And particularly you wanna be looking at the clothes that you have emotional attachments to. I used to have all these t-shirts that I, that even 10 years ago, I hadn't gotten rid of from college. They were like concert shirts and stuff like that. And one day I realized I never, never wear them. And it was really hard to get rid of them, but I did. And when I got rid of them, that opened up space for a new experience. And so that's the thing to remember is when we, when we don't plan in time to let go, then we're not planning in time for new things. And so a big part of planning is planning to release things. Once a year, maybe you wanna go through your household furniture and look at it and decide what you wanna do about it. If you have children, this can be complicated. I had one friend who, when they had children, they basically got rid of all their good furniture. They sold it off and they just accepted that the furniture was gonna be trash because that's what children do. And until the children were grown up and moved out, they had pretty much the same old tired furniture. Maybe they replaced something that really was not great. Uh, and then when the children grew up and left, that was when they redecorated the home and beautified it. Now, if that's not you, if you just can't live with that, I've got to tell you, I couldn't live that way, but I, 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 there, were th there are things that just had to be replaced even while we had children. And uh, very recently, uh, we converted to being empty nesters and there was a ton of things that we got rid of and redecorated, keeping in mind that we don't have that kind of stress on our furniture anymore. There, you do want to look at your, your home on at least an annual basis. And you want to assess, is the furniture adequate? Is it decorated the way you want? Is it time for a big change? Is it time to redecorate the house? Is it time to renovate the house? Is our home really meeting our needs? I think that part of planning is not only projecting to the future, but looking where you are, assessing what your needs are now and what they're gonna be in the coming year, and then getting rid of the things that don't fit your needs. So a big part of planning is release, renovation, recreation. And so as part of your planning, work in time to really assess the structure of your home, the structure of your furniture, your clothes, your car, the things your children need and want. When you do this, you're gonna take a lot of stress off of the big picture person. Big picture people, they need to know that things are gonna be a certain way. They can't stand rapid fire, sudden change. They wanna know in advance that change is happening. So you're gonna minimize stress on that person. And the detail person is gonna be far more effective with big picture plans and regular reviews. And so the stress between the couple becomes minimized. minimized. At that point, what you have are two people working as what? A team, instead of having parallel lives, which can be very stressful. And the other thing is that by having at least weekly meetings about 
the conditions of your lives and are you meeting your goals and are you moving forward, guess what you're doing? You're having regular communication. And regular communication is vital for intimacy. And I'm not talking about necessarily about physical intimacy. I'm talking about emotional intimacy. If you don't have caring communication, there is an intimacy. And when there is an intimacy, the opportunity for some form of infidelity grows. And that's something we're going to talk about actually in the next, in two weeks, we're going to talk about infidelity and how do you, uh, what are the circumstances that breed infidelity? What is infidelity? What are the circumstances that breed it? And how can you avoid it? And what are the consequences of infidelity? We're going to have a whole, going to hold, do a whole piece on that in a couple of weeks. So look out for that. So your call to action for today is to sit down with your partner and talk about, hey, we need to start planning. And the first step that you're gonna do is you're gonna plan in when you're gonna plan with them. And then the next step is you're gonna actually sit and talk with them and do that. And have a conversation, if your partner didn't hear this, maybe you wanna share this with them. Maybe you're, you need to have them listen to this so that you're on the same page. Partnerships only evolve and grow through communication and vision and the combination of communication, vision and action is what makes growth and new things happen in your family. New opportunities uh, are created in your family through these vehicles. That's all we have for you today. You can contact me directly through rich at richinrelationship.com, R-I-C-H at R-I-C-H-I-N-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P.com. And of course, uh, there's, all, there's back information on our website, richinrelationship.com. Pleasure speaking with you. Have an awesome, awesome day.